11 mother freaking wins in a row. All right. I don't curse on this podcast like John. John and I, well, actually, I went up to Reno and I caught him in uh, in the bed with the lady of the night. So tonight we got Sun's Geek. <laughs> What's up, man? You're always here to save the day. Anytime John and I are going through some issues, some marital problems, you're here to back us up. So I appreciate it. How are you doing tonight, man? Of course, man. I mean, you you guys know me. I'm always down to be on the Sun's Jam Session podcast, which if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to them. Hulk smash the like button for me. And I'm doing great, man. We've won 11 straight, so there's nothing to complain about, really. And I'm just excited to talk about this game. What a win, man. 11 straight wins. I'm excited. Let's go. Yeah, I'm excited, too. Um, It was like the first three quarters, you know, sleepwalking through a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of just waiting for the moment. And the moment came a little bit sooner in the fourth tonight where Chris Paul took over and the rest was history. I think I, this is something we can get used to for the Suns. I could definitely get used to it. 11 wins in a row. This is nuts. Crazy. Yeah, the Suns are now 12 and 3, uh, two wins in a row against the Mavericks. And uh, the first question I got for you, man, you got a drink, right? Yes, sir. I got a Pepsi tonight. I feel like I haven't had a Pepsi in a long time. This is not sponsored, by the way, but uh, yeah, I got a Pepsi tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's good because usually John doesn't have daily squat. He usually just has a water now. He's a changed man. He's trying to be more healthy, I think, and he's on the road, so he's kind of trying to get hydrated. I don't know what the deal is, but tonight, um, actually, I went to Target, and they don't have like the best you know, options. I don't yeah. know why for beer, so I got a... Uh, the shoots IPA? that looks pretty good yeah you know what it wasn't i already had one so if yeah. i'm a little frisky tonight that's probably why I just all, had right, one beer. all right but um man sun's win again i just can't believe this i mean <laughs> if they ever lose again it's just gonna be <sighs> tragic but um let's go ahead and get this pod started jamsters if you're out there make sure to subscribe um follow us at sun's jam on twitter uh, give us a five-star review on Apple. Uh, I was looking at the reviews. We're at 4.8 right now, so I really mm. appreciate that. I think at one time nice. it's 4.3, so we got that raised up a little bit, but make Good. sure to leave a review. We'll read it live on the podcast. I know John has the Apple Music. I don't have it. I use Spotify. That's it. That's all I do is use Spotify. So, But if you submit those, we'll read it on the pod. And, of course, if you have a beer tonight or anything, pop it open. Let's get drinking. It's Friday night, and the sun's won again, so let me go ahead and pop this beer open. Let's do it. You pop your Pepsi open. <laughs> Let's get this started. Suns win 112 to 104. Again, like I said, in the third quarter, kind of seemed a little bit rough. Seemed like a game that might get away. But then, no, just like last game where John asked me, he's like, Matthew, were you worried at all that the Suns team might lose this game? In the third quarter, again, I was like, no, I, I think they got this. There's just something about them. Even if they don't seem like they're pulling it together, you know they can just play their own game in the fourth. It doesn't matter who they're playing at the time. This Mavericks team, they're, they're scrappy. They're playing hard. And maybe they helped us out, too, by missing a lot of wide-open shots there in the third. When they got the lead to six, it was maybe a little worrisome. I mean, were you worried at all about this maybe getting away from the Suns in the third? 
Maybe if this was the very beginning of the season, yes, I would have been worried. But we've seen this before where the Suns just, like you said at the start of the show, kind of on cruise control and they pick it up. I think we're arguably the most clutch team in the league right now. We've seen a lot of great, brilliant uh, fourth quarter performances from the Phoenix Suns. And they just, you know, this game was kind of evenly matched throughout most of it. A lot of lead changes. And I wasn't really worried. This, the Suns kept going on all these different runs and it really showed. And obviously having the home crowd there and the momentum and obviously trying to keep that winning streak alive. I was not yeah. too worried. And I'm just glad that they were able to get this W and close it out when it mattered. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, I don't think we worry as much. I mean, going through the playoffs in the, in the, in the finals, Last year, I mean, the tension was always just so high. Exactly. I think after going through that, I think it just kind of lowers our expectations, <clears throat> not lowers our expectations, but our nerves and stuff, just they, they simmer down just a little bit. We can sit there with a little bit more ease watching these games because we know what Chris Paul, for some reason, every game is just like cruising through this defense. Tonight, I learned, I didn't know, he. I, we talked about his steals last game where he's racking them up. I guess he's a lead, leaguer, lead leader right now in steals. Is that something that kind of surprised you with Chris Paul? I know his assist numbers are through the roof this year, leading the league in assists. But steals, we we noticed it last game, the game before. He's always there. He he saves his energy, little spurts on defense to grab those tip balls, and he did it again tonight. Um, the steals for Chris Paul is that something you were aware of going into this game? I to be honest, I did not know that. I figured he's probably still leading the league in assists, so I think it's probably like ten yeah, or more a game. But yeah, but the assists. But at the same time, or uh, the steals, excuse me, it, it doesn't surprise me at all because I think it was the Rockets game. Do you remember he had like two different possessions or I forgot yeah. who was driving on him. He just like swiped it out of their hands yes. and nobody could get through him. So and he's always been a great you know, player to steal the ball. He's been one of the best ever. So it does not surprise me at all. Chris Paul is just, it just seems like he keeps aging like a fine wine. You know, that cliche term, but it's so true, Chris Paul. And he just... You know, when I was talking about the Suns going on runs earlier, he was a big part of that. He just made, he, he had one shot over Kristaps Porzingis that he just made it look so easy. And Kristaps yeah. is a big guy with a long wingspan. I'm like, dude, Chris Paul is just incredible, man. Yeah, he, uh, him and Booker, their shot, I mean, they can get over basically everybody. And I noticed last game where they had a, the slow mo possession of Book just <laughs> step by step breaking down this, this big guy. And he doesn't care about the size that's against him. He's just worried about his motion, worrying about where he's stepping with the ball and where he can get the release off. And it doesn't matter who's guarding him because he can get over, uh, pretty much anybody. Um, just a shout out to the Jamsters, too. Um, yeah, Mega Giants 989. Sorry, 989. <laughs> Same year I was born, too. I wasn't Same worried, and CP3 is the most clutch player in the NBA. He he is absolutely. It's someone you can trust. Uh, it's weird because we never, I don't think, I know even the second seconds or less sons. We I the clutch was that was an issue. It was always <laughs> finishing the game was an issue. So I don't in my lifetime, I haven't experienced a more clutch player for the Suns and who's soon to be my favorite point guard for the Suns and probably already is of all time. And I was a huge Snatch fan. But right now, like going through the season, you know he's prepared <clears throat> to do this through the whole season into the playoffs if he doesn't get hurt. And he can be that guy to rely on. And Booker's he's soon right right behind him. He's a guy that you can trust in the clutch. Like you said, we we're talking about before the pod started, 
how book hit that corner three and it went in and you're like, okay, this game's over. The subs came in (laughs) and these two guys, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, they can just, they shine in the fourth. Even the field goal attempts for Booker was way up, but I mean, you can probably put it much, put this game away when he hits that three. And is it, is it different now after this game? I know the field goal attempts for Booker were high and his efficiency really isn't there yet. Every game. Is that something that kind of bothers you at all? I mean, his, it, it looks like Kobe numbers, Kobe box scores. Kobe would always have those games where he was like five for 25. And then the next game, you know, like 11 for 21, 11 for 25, something like that. So more efficient the next game. But Booker seems to be that player now where he's going to get a lot of field goal attempts now in the first quarter, whether or not they go in, right? Do you like first quarter book? Do you like all the field goal attempts from what he's jacking up? Well, for him and Chris Paul, especially Chris Paul, I feel like we've kind of seen Chris Paul come alive in the fourth quarter. You know, shoot or shoot. And Monty obviously trusts Devin Booker to keep shooting. And obviously we do. He's one of the best Phoenix Suns players of all time. Yeah. And again, Booker checked in, I think, about the five-minute mark of that fourth quarter and just took over when it mattered. So I think that goes to show how deep our team is. If Booker is having a rough night shooting, it doesn't matter because we obviously had a much-needed bench performance tonight. Cam Johnson, Landry Shamit, JaVale McGee, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but yeah, and I, I think the Suns are using that to their advantage. You know, if Booker doesn't have it going, maybe Chris Paul will get it going. If Chris Paul's having a really bad shooting night, like I think he did last game or the game before that, but then Chris Paul comes in in the fourth and just takes over like he does, I think the Suns are kind of using that as their secret weapon, so let's not tell the other teams that. Uh, but yeah, it, that answers your question. I, I think it's, I think it's kind of a weird, good thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> something that he'll just work out towards the end of the year. Yeah. And, he'll pick um, up. the numbers are there really. We kind of <laughs> always think, talk about the all-star game, but I think he's, he's going to be a guy that I think makes it this year. Um, but we went too far into the pod. It's already a 10 minute mark. And I, I gotta. Matthew, I got to ask. Yeah, so Matthew, I got to ask you something. Um, so I noticed um, today in our tonight's game, I'm sure Booker's worn them before, but he had the bubble gum shoes. It was like the the pink and the blue bubble gum looking shoes. Kobe's. Yeah, they're yep. beautiful. So, I mean, everyone always notices the McHale yellow. What Between the two, which one are you going for out of those two shoes, man? Because I, I like both of them, but books look nice. Those are like ones that I would be like, I would rock those for sure. I would rock them. I think McHale's are the most unique because before the bubble, or it might have been during the bubble, McHale wore the KD 13s that were like all blue. And then, you know, after the bubble, he started wearing the KD 13, um, you know, all yellows. And I mean, it's literally all yellow and, and they stand out and they kind of low key match the Valley jerseys. Uh, but I probably would have to go for a pair of Kobe's. I mean, th- those things are just nice. You could give me like a worn multiple times pair of Kobe's and they would still be nice, you know? So it's like, give me, give yeah, me those yeah. Booker ones, man, those bubble gum or whatever you call them. Those, those are, so yeah, nice. <laughs> no, that, yeah, that's what I just call them because yeah, they look like the bubble, bubble gum, but they, they stuck out. They look good. Um, I don't know. I might, have to he wears those, those like light purple ones a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, and the, yeah, <laughs> I forget the name of those ones, but yeah, he's had those phones for a while. Those are the, actually the ones where he has a be legendary written yep. on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, those ones are beautiful too. Uh, but transitioning into uh, Mr. Yellow shoes. The 
and it is yellow, right, Jamsters? Because I always get to confuse yellow and gold. Sometimes I always think like a team is a yellow and uh, th- like their colors are yellow, but it's actually gold. But I'm pretty sure those shoes <laughs> yeah, are gold, yellow. Yeah, gold, yellow. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> but Bridges, Bridges tonight, we'll talk about eating a little bit, but Bridges tonight, um, yeah, perfect. Just mm-hmm. perfect. And I always think like when he is going off and he's doing well, um, it always seems like Aiden doesn't struggle from the offensive end, but he doesn't get as many touches. So if they have Bridges, you know, locking it down on defense, and then he comes over on the offensive side and he's hitting his threes, three for three tonight, seven for seven total, uh, just three assists, four rebounds, 19 points overall. Um, is that something that you do you notice that like because what I what I always notice is Mikhail will go off and then usually Aiton just doesn't get going I don't know Jamsters if you notice that too there's just something where and it doesn't matter it doesn't bother me at all I just know that Mikhail can go off once in a while and still they they don't feed him as much and I know Booker tonight was struggling and in the first quarter basically Bridges was just going off and it's like how often can you come back to him which is not enough the answer is not enough I think you got to go to this guy even more him and Cameron Johnson were having like a two-man game kind of thing going on tonight but Bridges my thing is always to keep him uh, just keep him as a valuable piece in that offense and they kind of went away from him and I think they could have stuck with him more do you ever see this offense being more involved around Mikhail Bridges I'll just say this. I think the Suns would win a lot more games if they did. And if Mikhail Bridges yeah. averaged somewhat close to 17 or 20 a game, I know that's wishful thinking, but if I remember correctly, the Suns do win a lot of games when he gets 17 or more a game. And tonight right. he had 19 and you are right. They did go away from him uh, later in the game because at halftime he had 17 on six for six shooting. And I had to actually follow up and look if he was perfect from the game, which he was. And you are kind of right. They they did go for away from Aiton and I'm I might be a negative Nelly tonight during uh, the Aiton watch, but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean Bill, you know, whoever has the hot hand, I guess, but I, I think they should go to Mikhail Bridges more, try to run the offense around him because we all know what he can do on defense, but let his offense shine. The dude just got paid to let his offense shine, run more plays for him, uh, let him be more aggressive, let him take those threes that he was doing, and uh, I mean he had like. 10 of our first points or 10 of our first, whatever, 20 points or whatever. So shout out to Mikhail Bridges. I thought he was great tonight. Yeah, he was fantastic. I just, um, I can't get enough of him and what he does. And sometimes it's up to him. It's kind of like Aiden in a way, Aiden, you know, it's kind of up to him. If he wants to get in position, um, I'll, I'll, I'll do the drop in a little bit for Aiden watch, but if he wants to get in position and he wants to like make himself notice on offense, then he, he can get the ball more. Uh, Mikhail, almost the same thing, but I loved it before in the season when they would run point Mikhail kind of up top. They don't do that anymore. So he has to kind of create on his own. And the only other time really in this game when he was getting it together on offense and where they were giving him the ball more, it was when Cam Johnson was in the game. And my dream is for this team to have him and Cam Johnson and Mikhail starting, all right? And it's just something I always wanted. I think they feed off of each other very well. We talked about last pod about um, Cameron Johnson and how he's kind of a mix between a four and a three. Mm-hmm. And a lot of defenses I noticed just don't know what to do with him because they leave him open. They kind of trail behind him on defense. He had two wide open runs to the rim. So I kind of think they forget about him in a way to where they don't pay too much attention to him, which makes sense because there's not a whole lot this year that he's done. 
to where you had to you really double team like a Frank Kaminsky. You know, <laughs> Frank was getting the double teams, but Cam Johnson, his game, him and Mikhail, I don't know if you noticed it tonight. It seems like I'm seeing more and more of it where they're just playing off of each other when they're in the game together. Is that something you notice? And what do you think of Cam? Because tonight, Cam Johnson, pretty good game. Five for eight from the field, three for five from the three point beyond the arc, and then 13 points. Are you liking what you're seeing? I think I ask you this every time because it's just so up and down with him. But are you liking mm. what you're seeing? And do you like anybody he's playing with on the court at the same time? I'll just say this. We not not we. Cam Johnson really needed this Cam Johnson game. I mean, he was rough to start the season. Just didn't seem like he was getting anything going. Uh, and again, I don't know if that was just the offense not running through him or maybe he wasn't doing that one-two punch with Mikhail Bridges. And yeah. I think I would like to see that too because we've seen Cam Johnson start, which, you know, he's kind of been a roller coaster when he does start. But, uh, you know, it's still very early in the season. And we could maybe see Cam Johnson eventually inserted in the starting lineup. And, I mean, any night that Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges can get it going and then we win the game and Booker has, you know, Booker does Booker things and Chris Paul does Chris Paul things. That just adds to the depth of this team and how scary we can be when everyone has it going. And, uh, you know, Cam, you know, I, I've said this on the pod before. I've said it on my channel before. Monty Williams once called Cam Johnson a starter in this league. But what? The guy's only in his third year. Give him time. You know, we're seeing kind of a different Cam Johnson this year. And maybe down the road, it'll be a good thing. But uh, like I said, anytime Mikhail Bridges gets it going and Cam Johnson has a great night, it's probably a good night for the Suns. Yeah. And I agree <laughs> with Hey.0 too. Um, we're kind of bouncing back and forth between Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges right here, kind of like the way they play with each other tonight. Mm -hmm. um, well, just on the court. But get Mikhail the ball more. And yep. it's uh, hey zero. Uh, shout out to you. Thank you for saying that because it is true. It's give him the ball more. But then the, the difficult task you have with Monty, and if he's even going to say anything, I know Booker's become, become more vocal, uh, I guess, um, on the court in practice, trying to give Monty an idea of what he wants to see. Um, but Booker needs the shot attempts. And whenever yeah. he does struggle from the field, where she was seven for 20 tonight. It just it, it's it's almost like I don't care as much because I know most of these games are gonna be more efficient. So I like the field goal attempts from Booker, but then it's hard to say like when do we go for, away from your field goal attempts, you know, and trying to get you in a groove from the game and try to get other guys involved because the game goes by so quick, you know. And I think Bridges is slowly working his way into the offense to where he can be relied on. I know his three isn't going down every night, but shooting plus forty percent from three. I just this guy needs more needs more um, opportunities, but I mean I did miss in the, what we do here on the podcast is a lot of drops and I did miss this one. Lights, Cameron, action. So uh, I'm I'm sorry, John. Rest in peace wherever he is tonight. I apologize for that. We're doing but, our uh, best, John. Yeah, we're doing <laughs> our best. And uh, yeah, shout out to the Jamsters tonight. Um, yeah, in. King Paw 242. Nice assist by Mikhail to Aiden at the end to seal the win. It's true. You see a lot tonight, and I wanted to bring it up between Mikhail, Cam, and um, DeAndre Aiden, who um, they create like kind of like a triangle. It's not a triangle offense, but they, they feed off of each other well. And it's just little, little spurts. So it's little things I'm seeing from them where they're just playing so well together. And I like their energy they have, like the dynamic they have. It's like shut out the other two guys that are on offense 
and let's just work together because they're both very, very quick uh, to respond to each other's play. I don't, it's really, it's a strange take, but it's a very small sample size though that I've seen tonight and over the last couple games and I want to see more of it. But um, let's go ahead and... Watch. Um, I mean... You want to go first on him? <laughs> oh, you were being a little this, bit negative, Nancy said. So this, what's yeah, negative? This, huh? this is where Suns Geek, who normally keeps things very positive, it turns into a negative Nancy. Um, I was not happy with DeAndre Ayton tonight. He just oh, no. he did not seem like he was in the game at all. I saw Chris Paul talking to him early in the game, you know, pointing to where he needed to be. And I heard someone keep saying, get up, DA, get up. You know, if I like for like a rebound. And don't get me wrong. There yeah. were a few times, you know, he had a nice rebound that was that really mattered and, you know, a couple dunks here and there. But, man, the guy just seems slow. And I, and I don't know if it was Monty's decision to have him guard Dwight Powell most of the game, but uh, Jay Crowder was on Chris Tapp's Porzingis most, most of the game. And that's fine. I mean, Jay Crowder's a great defender and everything. But I'm like, dude, Aiden, you're seven foot one. Like, what are you doing? So I, I just was not happy with Aiden. He looked slow. Sure, he had 17 rebounds, but he can do that in his sleep. And yeah. he, and yeah. I get it, you know, he's, he's back from his second game, you know, maybe that injury is still low key bothering him, but yikes, he was uh, kind of frustrating to watch tonight. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> That's no, my I can agree. rant. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I could be frustrating too. Walter Lazo says Matt missing drops like DA missing lobs tonight. And that's true. I mean, we'll yeah, talk about he missed the lobs. He got the ball yeah. poked out of his hands tonight. Oh, it was, it was yeah, rough. It's, it's either just experience or bad hands mm-hmm. or something going on. Um, but he, uh, so what I was thinking tonight was he was just slow to get into the mix. He was slow yeah. to really get in the mix early in the game. Of course, rebounds are up there. He he plays solid defense towards the end of the game. We talk about that True. every podcast, every game he's stepping up. Um, but the thing that we noticed last game was Chris Paul was throwing up little lobs to him in the paint, and he was going up and grabbing them and coming down. Tonight, yeah. he was kind of asking for the same thing, but he was getting the mismatches on the little guys. But then what he does is he crams himself down into the little guys, pushes it too far back, you can't really throw a good entry pass right there. I think Aiton needs to know that he can start up a little bit, maybe further away from the basket. He does have a few moves. He has a he has the the mid range shot. Yep. Um, he he can back a little guy down, take his time if he wants to. But I just think he's just um, and I hate to always say consistent and consistent, but there's just these games where you know Chris Paul has to get onto him early in the game. Yep. How to set a screen? You see that? So. I mean, it, it's fine. I can deal with these games from him because of the rebounds, the defense, it's all there. So that's really what we need. And he knows his his role. So I'm very happy to see that. Um, it's just offensively, just if you can get that from him every night to where he knows how to post these guys up and then know when to call from the lob in the paint, which is never really always the best thing because you always have the help defender coming over to tip it away. When you have that, man, I just... It gets frustrating sometimes, and I just and I in know. all fairness, you know, I think you brought this up earlier in the pod. Maybe it was Mikhail Bridges's hot start that kind of threw him off his game. In all fairness, and before yeah. Frank went out, you know, Frank had a pretty decent stretch. Javale McGee had a few good games here and there, yeah. uh, and and you know, Aiden was good last game. So it's like you know, maybe just. Maybe he just was thrown off of his game, and really, we saw that third quarter. The whole team looked out of it. So maybe it was just one of those nights. I mean, if, if Aiton can get 17 boards on a bad night, then I guess that's a good thing. But man, he was he was rough to watch. <laughs> yeah, it was. And then Walter Lazo again, another <laughs> shout out. Um, 
McGee over Aiden tonight. McGee yeah, was McGee, great tonight. Oh my gosh. I mean, we were talking about before the pot, how the bench did fantastic. Um, they really came out and helped the Suns in crucial situations. Um, yep. We'll talk about in a little bit. I want to talk about like Monty and the way he puts a bench in too early, too late in the end of these mm. games. It always comes down to like four or six points. Um, but McGee, oh man, tonight, what was his stats? Okay. So seven for 10. Uh, 14 points. Um, he had the two or actually zero blocks. Oh my gosh, that's surprising because he's usually good for a yeah. block. <laughs> it's crazy that he doesn't lead the league in blocks. Oh, I'm wait, not even I, joking. Oh, you know what? No, no I don't, yeah, I don't know blocks. if he got a block. Yeah, yeah. No, six rebounds, but it's just the energy he has. It's the yep. energy that the Suns always need when the bench is in, and it's usually when Chris Paul's in the third quarter playing with the bench guys, McGee will play at his best. He's Oh, you know what? And I actually wrote it down too. So I was looking up dunks because I was just thinking about how McGee has so many dunks for the Suns. And he's uh, he has 23 dunks in 231 minutes before this game, which is 17th in the league. Of course, it leads the, uh, the team. And I know Aiden missed some time, um, but he's like, he's uh, he has 15 dunks in 243 uh, minutes. Did I say, wow. wait, wait, okay, let me re-say that again. Wait, just let me say that one more time, sorry. McGee had 23 dunks in 231 minutes. Aiden has 15 dunks prior to this game in 243 minutes. Um, but McGee, I know Aiden's not a dunker, and I, I don't care. I know he's gentle around the rim, that's fine. But McGee, I just, I knew that he, he has so many, so I had to look it up. And the, the energy he brings and the goofiness he has that he hones in because what he does, he had a little mid-range today where it looked pretty, pretty nasty, right? His mid-range was pretty nasty. It went in nothing but net. But then you look over at Booker and you look over at Chris Paul sitting there on the bench and like doing the little claps and looking at each other like, like, oh, what was that? Like he, he, he hones that in. He, he loves that. He, I think that he is kind of a goofy guy and he carries himself like, as a professional on the court, but he always has those plays that are just hilarious and it goes in it. It's always for the betterment of the team and he's just nonstop hustle. And again, tonight it's just nonstop hustle and the energy he brought back to the team. So yeah, McGee, right? Yeah, he was great, man. I mean, you, you could make the argument. We may not win this game if it wasn't for McGee. I mean, sure. He had what 14 and six or whatever, but that was an important 14 and six. And sure. He didn't get a block shot tonight, but you know, his hands were up every time trying to block that shot. And that's exactly why we signed JaVale McGee, man. He was great tonight, and we need this. And yeah. especially with Frank being out and with Aiton, we don't know what we're going to get with him every night. That's exactly why we need uh, JaVale McGee. I thought he was really good tonight. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and stick, sticking with the bench, Cameron Payne, um, he looked mm -hmm. pretty good. Uh, I was going to ask if you... He looked you, pissed. <laughs> I was going to ask you, yeah, I was going to ask you a few questions. Um, three for seven tonight, uh, 10 points, uh, four rebounds, two assists. So uh, the first question is him and Frankie, uh, Frankie Smokes, Frankie Nidalekina, <laughs> but they call him Frankie Smokes back in New York. Um, he was... Uh, shout out to Sarich, Smoke Break. Um, but he he was him and campaign in the first quarter were going at it right. I mean they yeah. they kind of had these little um, yells against each other and yells at each other. Sorry, and I was gonna ask you like if you're an opposing fan and you're watching Cameron Payne and he's yelling like that, he's throwing up his shoulders and showing how tough he is and screaming all the time. Do you see that as like and don't hate me, Suns fans? Do you see that like as a fake toughness, a weird something that? just doesn't rub you the right way would that annoy you if you put yourself in the other opposing fans shoes it, I, I look at it like 
both sides of the, there's two sides of every story, two different mm-hmm. streets, you know? Yeah. I don't know because yeah, maybe, you know, there was, this was a national TV game tonight. Probably a lot of people were looking at campaign like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you screaming? But you never know what these guys are saying to each other on the court. It could have been a lot of that. Maybe there's some like quiet beef that we didn't know about uh, between those two. And yeah, but at least campaign was bringing the energy there. There he had a couple of those screams and maybe it hyped the team up. But yeah, I, I can kind of see how it might look bad if I was not a fan of the Suns. Uh, I, I totally get your point there, but you know, bring that energy campaign. You know, you got paid and you're having a, you, you know, you had a great season last year and you're trying to follow that up with another great season. So we need those screens. We need that energy. And, uh, you know, I, I thought he played pretty well tonight and he kind of another guy that maybe needs to get going. I remember he had like a 24 point game recently, but uh, I don't really know what he's done beyond that. And yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cheering for campaign. He's a, uh, he's got a great story, especially ever since he came to the sun. So yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, another guy that has a good story is... Oh my god, hey, let's go! Hey. What's I was going on? Say, before the podcast, I was going to say, uh, or to you, Suns Geek, <laughs> into the Jamsters, that we might have a surprise appearance. From John himself, I, John, just really quick. I told I told everyone before that I caught you in the bed with the lady of the night, and that's why we're just not talking at the moment. So what? No, I've been traveling. I literally flew in from Reno. The plane landed, and then the fourth quarter happened. And yeah. I'll tell you what a hell of a fourth quarter that was. I picked it up at the exact right time. I mean, they mm-hmm. came out. I think it was what thirty-one to eleven at one point. Uh, before my yeah. wife picked me up from the airport. So uh, real quick, shout out to Suns Geek, man. Thank you for helping us out. I've been traveling like a son of a bitch all over the West Coast <laughs> and East Coast. And knowing that you can come in and help us out has been really big. And an owl just flew by my house. What the fuck Whoa. was that? <laughs> Let's get a look at those lights. <laughs> ghost house. Yeah, yeah man, these this are, is a show out here. Out. Yeah, look at it. This is, this is my uh, my Christmas lights I put up last, last uh, weekend when I was home. I'm like, I got to get the Christmas lights in. So... <laughs> I'm proud of you, man. So oh, thanks. How much is how much did you see of the game? You said I saw Not the fourth good. quarter. Oh, okay. That's all that matters. Yeah, <laughs> That's all that really I mean, was- yeah. We were talking about how basically the first three quarters they just sleepwalk through it, and mm-hmm. then the fourth quarter they actually Cruise started control. earlier in this game where they took over. Chris Paul did, and they just eight minute mark probably. And then they're like, all right, this thing's over. So, so I got a question for you guys. Do you think it's dangerous that the Suns kind of allow themselves to toy with the competition for three quarters and then try to turn it on? Because there's going to be nights where they just won't be able to turn it on, right? I don't it's, know. It's annoying, <laughs> in my opinion. And maybe I'm a negative Nancy again when it comes to that. I I don't like that. Like, especially at the start of the season, I, you know, finals hangover, whatever you call it. But I was like, this team needs to be more consistent. And you could make the argument we haven't really seen a full 48 minutes of Suns basketball, maybe like in a couple of games, but uh, yeah, they, they were kind of on cruise control tonight and they, but they, they stepped it up when it mattered. Yeah. I'm not worried about it right <laughs> now, honestly, because like last game, John, when you asked me my thoughts about being worried when the fourth quarter started, are, are we going to lose this game or not? Like same thing. I was just like, no, the Suns are going to take this over because the Mavs again had a chance in the third quarter to go on a run and they kept missing everything, even like layups, even like little 11 footers. It was just 
clanking them. So I was like, this game, this is Suns game again. Mavs had their chance. And I think it's more of that. I think it's more of just, is the other team going to take advantage of when the Suns are down to go up 15 points, to go up 17 points, but they don't. I mean, as of right now, they're not. So I'm not too worried as of right now. Yeah, I think, you know, again, obviously I didn't see the first three, but I think that with the experience level of this team, they're going to win in a lot of different ways. And this is just an example over the past couple games of a way that they are going to win. I don't think it's going to be a consistent, you know, thing where they're constantly allowing teams to just stick around and then they try to, you know, ramp it up. I think that's just how these games played out, but it was something that I definitely noticed. So I just wanted to bring that up. I just literally got home. So I'm going to go unpack again, Jamsters, uh, Great game. Was it 11 in a row for the Phoenix Suns? So, yes, Matthew, that's, that, that, that's a new record, right? That, I was going to say, so I was waiting until it got to 12 so I could be like, oh, it's a franchise record. 12 wins in a row. <laughs> we'll just keep going with that, man. Well, Safe uh, travels, again, John. Safe travels, man. And, and, Brandon, thank you so much. And li- listen of course, man. To all, to all the Jamsters who are watching, if it has to do with the Phoenix Suns, he's going to make a video about it. So, so make sure you check out Suns Geek on YouTube, some of the best content out there. So, Again, appreciate you helping out, and uh, go Suns. We'll see you guys on uh, – well, I'll see you guys. I'll let you guys finish the show, uh, but I'll see you guys on Sunday night. So, Appreciate right, John. you, John. Safe travels, man. See you later. Uh, man, good to see That's that guy. Very just, kind, he, John. I he rolls in whatever that. he wants, right? He's just <laughs> – Hey, I beautiful scenery at his house with those lights and – Yeah, just trying know, to show off a little bit. He's huh? trying to celebrate the 11 <laughs> – he's trying to celebrate the 11 wins too, man. <laughs> yeah. And I just went black for one second. I don't know no, what just happened good. there. Kind of laggy, um, okay. but you're good. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the show. That was a great interruption by uh, our guest, John. Um, I think that, um, what was it? Oh, so we're talking about Frank Kaminsky, and I don't know why. I just, I wanted to throw it out there. I mean, he's, he's of course, out with a knee soreness. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, his minutes he was playing was very, very small. I mean, very limited because of McGee's play is just through the roof, of course. So between the two, it's like you have to choose usually McGee because he's longer. He can, More I don't know. It's actually, and... as yeah, but as I'm going through it, I'm like, I don't know. So, I mean, we do miss Frank a little bit. I don't think he has anything to do with the slower performances maybe in the first half. Or do mm-hmm. you think it does? Do you think that we need that extra burst like we get from McGee and we get it from Frank? Do you think we need that? You know, I, I keep going to this cop-out answer, but I'm serious. Like, that just shows the depth of this team because when Frank had that career night, like, it was just because we didn't have Aiden, and I don't know if Jamal yeah. McGee got it going that game, and it's not like Dario's here, so it's, you know, we need it. And yeah. if, if JaVale McGee and Frank Kaminsky have to help us win games, then I'm fine with it, you know, especially if Aiden is, God forbid, injured or just doesn't have it going, I'm I'm all for it, if, the, if that answers your question. No, it totally does. And honest, there's there's just one more question I have. Really, we can mm-hmm. probably just recap on what um, the Mavs did, how they were looking mm-hmm. tonight, and I don't know. It's kind I of like the same kind of that. game, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh-huh. Just one more thought on the Suns and Monty mm-hmm. Williams, and how just towards the end of the game, you know, pulling these the starters and then putting the bench in. Is there? I feel like this. It must be the toughest thing for Monty. And I think he gets. This is the one thing he gets haggled on so much. It's just him having a hard time either pulling them out too early pulling them out and then leaving like the actually not pulling them out the the starters and then leaving them in too much or too long so is that something that i don't know you can you even figure that out as a coach is when to pull these guys because <laughs> honestly like i don't i think that's the toughest part of the job right now for monty that's a really great question. And we obviously know Monty's got years of experience, should have been coach of the year last year. 
maybe this is a good problem to have, but at the same time, I feel like Monty kind of has a rep for this, and I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. You know, his rotations and bringing guys in either too early or too late. Uh, it's tricky, man. And you know Monty. I don't want to say he favors people, but like with Abdel Nader, for example, like maybe he trusts his team too much, which that's not a bad yeah. thing. I mean, let's be real. Well, like, we couldn't trust anybody three or four years ago. So, you know, like, but I mean, besides Booker, that is. But, you know, uh, my point being is maybe this is a good problem to have, but it's something I've we've all noticed. And I don't know if it's a red flag. We'll have to see. But yeah, we'll maybe, to maybe there's see. just a little too much trust there. I think so, too. Um, actually, Metal Mike says right here, um, shouldn't have subbed every single dude. Yeah, that was kind of shocking when every single guy came out because I don't think I've really seen that, especially, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a 13-point game, and I was just like, eh. No lead is safe in I the I didn't NBA. really notice it, of course, getting set up for the pod, and I'm like, wait, why? It sticks his yeah. in and six points. I'm like, oh, here we go. But then that's just me being behind the times. I'm just like, oh, maybe it was a perfect time to pull these guys, and I just kind of missed it. But um, mm-hmm. all right, yeah, so Icon dip for Froome. I never pulled out early so we'll just leave that one there <laughs> thanks for thanks for joining the pod everybody again go ahead and hit the like button make sure to subscribe leave a five-star review Hulk on smash apple the like button yes and uh you can also visit sun geek on youtube yes sir twitter at yep just everywhere and you have any thoughts on the mavericks the only thing i have really tonight is the way that they were kind of playing Porzingis in the beginning, it seemed like they were trying to get him more in like a pick and roll kind of thing. Um, but then it just went back to settling for the threes. I know Brunson is very hard to control. Mikhail does a good job on him. Hardaway Jr. just went through that spurt in the third where he carried the team and defensively and offensively. Um, but those are like the three things I noticed. And Porzingis, I feel like those threes, yeah. I mean, I think he just lives and dies by the three. And that's one thing you just have to put up for put up with if you're if you're a Mavs fan i mean three for six tonight it's not bad i know he struggled last game uh 23 points for him but did you notice anything different from brisingas tonight same kind of game anything different tonight from the Mavs as a whole or same kind of game again kind of the same kind of game because like i said at halftime this honestly felt like an even match i mean i'm looking at the halftime numbers both teams were shooting over 40 percent. the suns were shooting 46 percent you know mm-hmm. Mavs had five threes suns had seven threes etc the numbers were pretty similar Lots of lead changes in this game, fast pace, bunch of scoring. But I will say this. I did a little pregame video a couple days ago for the Suns and Mavericks, and I actually didn't know this until I made that video. When Chris Haps-Porzingis has like 25 and 10, the Mavericks win a lot of games. And Jalen Brunson, I knew he was pretty good, but man, he is underrated. He might even be overlooked. Every time I saw Jalen Brunson tonight, he was getting to the rim. And I think last game he had almost a triple-double against us. And then tonight he had um, 18 and 10. So the dude is underrated, and he's probably thriving in these not, you know, with Luca being out and everything. And, uh, you know, he was a late pick, if I remember correctly, and, you know, went to Villanova with uh, Mikael Bridges and all that. And, man, that dude is a stud. So hopefully when Luca comes back, he gets more minutes for them. But, uh, but yeah, in yeah. terms of really just their team all around, I think last game they didn't really have too much bench production and Kristaps Porzingis did all that he could. And that was really all I saw. So, yeah. And again, with a professional and adult uh, comment this time by Icon to perform, 
Parfum. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah, I'll just say it that way. Their entire team is more engaged with Lucas and playing. So that's the thing is like yeah. when, it, when the star players out, these guys get more engaged. They have because these are professional ball. They want the ball. Mm-hmm. They want the opportunity. All right. So if Luca's taking that away from them, of course they want to make sure. And they're they're not going to be any anybody really without Luca. Luca is yeah. one of the top ten best players right now in the NBA. Even though he's kind of fat and out of shape, and they're trying to work things in again, but it it, it Luca, yeah, he does zero because Luca is a ball hog. Um, and then Brunson, Brunson's a beast. Said by I, uh, I hate to mark. admit this, but like I kind of wish Luca would have played at least one of these games because I really wish we would have been able to beat. Th- them with Luca. But then again, as I said, Kristaps Porzingis, he's actually been playing pretty great lately. Like you look at his numbers the last few games, he's been playing good. So it's not like it's not like they had like no good players out there. I mean, they they were in both of these games. So shout out to the Mavericks. Yeah, but it's just <clears throat> the Porzingis is just so fragile. I, I feel like yeah. the two games we played that's, against that's him, it's like word. he's easy to really just take the ball away and just to block his shot. Yeah. Um to just, you know, if you're just standing in his way he'll just throw up an ugly shot. So there's a lot to his game that of course has not improved at all. Um, and I don't know if him and Luca like mesh well either. No, I've always thought they don't. Mm-hmm. So, and you don't either. I mean, even from the time they signed him, I was jealous because I wanted the Suns to get him because I wanted somebody. <laughs> Me too, actually. <laughs> yeah. So of course you want, this is pre eight and this is before all mm-hmm. that. So of course you want some guy like that. Maybe he has potential, but uh, next time thoughts. Um, brains. <laughs> All right, so um, we we talk about this a few times. I mean, the refing, I, I don't know if I brought this up with you before. The refing is so much better right now. I think the more physical the Suns team is, the better like the refing is because they just ignore a lot of calls. I think right now the games are flowing by so fast. So I want to get your thoughts on that. And I don't think it's ugly basketball to where these guys are kind of, it's lower scoring right now. I think they're kind of getting adjusted. So the scoring is down. But it's still not as ugly as going to the free throw line every time, right? If going to the free throw line, it seemed like every other play last year. So what do you prefer? The free throws or no free throws? God, I feel like we could have a whole podcast on this one topic because I just like to say this. For most games, and don't get me wrong, there's a bad call every once in a while. But for most games, there's no more ticky-tack fouls. You know what I mean? For the most part. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There are a few moments in this game the officiating was pretty poor, but these guys have the hardest job in the world. And I think it's great. You know, last time I checked, I think three point percentages are down and like free throw percentages are down for the NBA, but that's probably a good thing, man. And star players are struggling kind of. And I think it's, this is how basketball used to be played. And I like it. Um, And yeah, you're right. Players aren't going to the free throw line every two seconds and ticky tack fouls aren't being called. And you can actually make, contact like basketball is and good job referees good job adam silver and mark tatum and company whoever decided to uh make change the rules and all that good job yeah no i'm very impressed about this season because you never really because the nfl is always trying to figure out things. they still don't know i mean it's better this year maybe but they still don't know what a catch is and all that stuff so i think the nba right. is really finding things out where they just they listen to the fans they listen to what is you know anytime they listen to the broadcast we we had Jeff Van Gundy um, two games in a row. Did not complain, I don't think, about the rest once. If you mm-hmm. watch the ESPN broadcast, that's all he used to do is complain. <laughs> I think he did maybe a couple times, but it used to be just the whole broadcast complaining about the refs. So you're not getting that a lot, which is pretty freaking awesome. And uh, one more thought, and well, actually just one more question for you. Mm-hmm. I assume, 
I might have John the next three games before Thanksgiving, but if not, I got to ask you, Brandon, uh, your favorite Thanksgiving food and the the one that you hate the most that might upset that might upset the Jamsters tonight. <laughs> oh man, I, I, I got to be spur you know spur of the moment question. Uh, probably turkey and stuffing, man. But I've always been a mashed potatoes guy, you know, especially garlic mashed potatoes. A little bit of yeah. gravy on there, but the worst right. Thanksgiving food, my mom would probably be mad at me for saying this, green bean casserole. <laughs> she makes that every year. And really? I like it. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm sure. top of my head. <laughs> I'm sure John and I will be talking about food the next three games before Thanksgiving. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I like everything. So I don't think there's one thing I hate. Yeah, I mean, I try I to eat everything on my together, plate, man. but uh, there's some stuff I won't, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, and it usually hurts their feelings, but eh, who cares? <laughs> Jam star of the game. All right, like John put in the comments, go ahead and hit that like button. Um, we'll subscribe smash the like to the button. podcast. And uh, we're going to go ahead and give away our Jam star of the game award. Sunsgeek, who you got? First off, honorable mention, Chris Paul had eighth, I think 18 and 14 tonight. We didn't even really talk about him much. Well, I mean, kind of did, but not too much. So honorable mention, Chris Paul, but my award winner is going to be Mikhail Bridges. Sure. He didn't really have it. You know, they didn't really go to him much in the second half, but uh, 19 points on seven for seven shooting. We all know what he does defensively. That's my jam star of the game. Yeah, this one's tough. I mean, Mikhail just was perfect but when he has cp3 just the steals he had in the fourth again yep. just the mid-range the three-point shots got it going dude, when it mattered it's just effortless mm-hmm. um i'm gonna give it to i'm gonna give it to cp3 um just for that because you just notice him towards the end of the game in the clutch situations i know mikhail started off i mean he was perfect tonight and i just it's hard not to give it to him but cp3 he just he stands out so much and towards the end of the game where i just it sticks in my mind to where you know I can't remember anything more than ten minutes. So the last thing I saw was just CP3 taking over. So I'm gonna give it to him. Let's go and see uh, what the jams are say. Uh, Icon de perfume, Mikhail, Metal Mike, CP3, Sonia, Lavatu, the Warden. Yeah. So I don't know. Is this? Yo, oh, and then here we go right here. So yeah, Fabio Mizaki. Mm-hmm. I just I'm always so just lost for words around this time of the pod. It's because there's so many great players. So I'm sorry if I pronounce all your guys' names wrong. I'm very bad at that. So this was I might just give one of those nights. Says, this yeah. is just one of those nights where a lot of players deserved a Jamster, you know, award or you know at least an honorable <laughs> mention. So they this was a good night. No, yeah, it was. And Javelle just and I was going to give it to him before the Chris Paul takeover in the fourth. Mm-hmm. I was going to give it to him just for the fact that, you know, the energy he just, and just him, the mid range, and then everyone just laughing about it. Cause I don't know. He just, he makes me happy. But, uh, Coach JJM, hey, gives it to my guy, Cam Johnson or Cam Johnson. Yeah, let's do this one. There you go. Cam Johnson for, for the GM yeah. star. And it's true. He, he had a very, very good game tonight. Defense is still, I, like I said, don't know how to cover this guy. So I don't know. Oh, yeah, Sony says, yeah, thanks, Lizzie. Voida gets my name right. Okay, yeah. I, I apologize. So Voida um, knows how to talk. I don't know how to talk. You know, somebody who makes videos and live streams, I, I try not to butcher names either. I try my best. <laughs> it we do be the we simplest name ever, and I just, I, I, I go over right? it <laughs> terribly. So. Fuck you, no, you can't bet on it, bet on it, bet on it, bet on it.
All right, Jamsters, uh, we bet a bucket game on the prop. Uh, you tell us what to bet. We discuss it on the podcast. And uh, today's bet, DeAndre Ayton rebounds. Um, over 11.5 or under 11.5? Uh, we got a total of 22,000 votes. Wow. And we got... <laughs> you... <laughs> Actually, I'll never release because last pod I brought up the amount of people voting and eh, I'm not going to do it again. So tonight um, it was over 11.5, obviously. What did he have? It was 15 rebounds, right? 17. 17, my bad. Yeah. 15 defensive rebounds. So I was close there. But uh, 72%, 72.7% said over 23.27.3 under. So we win a buck there. I think we're gaining it. I, it might be two might be two bucks that we're down right now toward, uh, for the whole season, which isn't bad. But, um, yeah, I mean, DeAndre Ayton, of course, if he's rebounding the ball at like that playing of defense in the end, we can't really complain. But the whole game, I guess uh, we can have negative Nancy over here, mm. right? Just <laughs> shed some tears a little bit over it. Um, but, yeah, so the next game we have uh, coming up for the Suns, it's going to be about uh, – about it's going to be against the Nuggets. Um, now, we played them first game this year. And first game, of course, doesn't matter. But we lost the game. And it seems like after that shove that Jokic pulled against the Morris twin, which was actually fantastic. I love it because Morris initiated it. And then the response from Jokic, I think it was well-deserved. Um, but ever since then, this team has kind of picked a, They lost two games in a row. But the way Jokic is actually playing um, right now is just MVP caliber again. Uh, MPJ is Michael Porter Jr. He's out again. Um, who knows when he's going to come back? The back injury is just killing him. This guy is really great. Aaron Gordon is kind of he's he's improved. Um, I was on the SB Nation site for the Denver Nuggets. I forget the name. I think the Denver Stiffs, and they were talking about Aaron Gordon kind of yeah reviving yeah. his career and just having you know I think because JPM is out or I'm sorry Michael Porter Jr. is out, it gives him more of a balanced offense within the nuggets I, the, the play he System. has yeah 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 i just i think that he just he needed that but he can also be like a six man if mm -hmm. you want him to be but he can be a guy that can step up it's not gonna be anything crazy but have you seen anything from the nuggets this year do you have anything because a lot of times we do the previews i'm kind of just like i don't know i haven't really watched this team too much have you seen anything from the nuggets anything that you can prepare us for going into this game you know, I haven't really watched too many Nuggets games, but again, anytime you got Nikola Jokic, who is playing at an MVP level, and the dude is, you know, basically unstoppable, you have a good chance to win. And, you know, that first game, first game of the season, although we didn't really look right in that game, uh, it's going to be yeah. tough. And if I'm correct, I think Will Barton's been playing pretty good for them, too. And if you got Aaron Gordon in a possible six man role or, starting and putting up good numbers while mpj is out then that's good i mean i've, I've always liked aaron gordon I, w I wouldn't have minded him coming to the suns at any point and uh good for him if he's playing well and they're going to be a tough game to, it's going to be a tough game to be especially in denver you know with the altitude and everything and uh, yes you know it's uh it's going to be a challenge but i think the suns have the momentum maybe uh lucky number 12 is in the sun's future you know yeah, I hope so. Um, I hope we keep this going. I don't know if I can deal with the loss. I don't know at this this time in my life. I don't know if I can go through it. I like it, the winning. I like doing these pods on a good note with a big smile on my face. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, so you're choosing a Suns win. I am too. Yeah. Uh, so John, we're all three of us, the Holy Trinity right here. We're going to choose a Suns win over the Nuggets. Um, I think it's hard to go against them. You want the win streak to keep going. Um, I don't know. I think that... That might be it for the pod. I mean, do you have anything else? 
uh, Brandon, that you want to go over? Uh, Suns-related, Mavs-related, Nuggets-related, or even just NBA-related? Or mm. we do have a new segment really quick. Okay. Uh, it is the uh, child... <laughs> <laughs> it is the uh i i forget the whole name i think it's just the uh, childhood trauma i think i saw a tweet trauma. about it there you go yeah okay childhood <laughs> trauma jeez i forgot <laughs> so it's a new segment i mean john has plenty of stories i'm gonna try to match him um, i might make some up who knows but um and even that do you have a you have a traumatic experience you want to share with the jamsters tonight or do you have anything else you want to go over before we end this pod Oh man, uh, I feel like we can have whole podcasts on childhood traumas. I mean, <laughs> That's what we got. Uh, it's a segment. I Every used to pod. be, I used to be terrified of certain horror movies and certain horror oh. icons that still, you know, ter- terrify me till this day. And yeah, uh, and for some reason, when you were talking about this segment, I started when I was young. I played soccer, uh, and then I remember I scored the wrong goal, or the the goal for the wrong team. And that was the end of my yeah. soccer career. And for some reason, when we talk about childhood trauma, I had a flashback to that. So I think that's yeah. kind of traumatic because then I started playing basketball after that. Uh, okay. But yeah, so hopefully that's that's my little story. But uh, after our childhood trauma thing, I do kind of want to go over the son's upcoming schedule. So what about you? Okay. Uh, I don't, I'll, I might save a story. I just kind of want to throw you out there and leave you mm-hmm. alone. <laughs> Just hang you out the dry there. No, right. I'm just kidding. No, I'll, I'll I'll go with a little story. Um, I'm sure John is in the middle of making a uh, a drop for it. Yeah. So the next time he goes on the pod, we'll do that. Um, but uh, I don't. I'll just tip my toes in just a little bit, and it was uh, my earliest uh, remembrance of uh, going to a McDonald's, and I went into the ladies' room, and there was teenage girls there. I think I was like um, six I or see seven. You, <laughs> yeah, six or seven. I went in there. <laughs> And they just started laughing at me and I started crying. I went back and they sat right next to me and they were like looking over and laughing at me. And I was That's just worse is when they left. keep it. Yeah, yeah. We we just left. We left. I mean, I get what I want. And life, you never I guess. went back to McDonald's again. No. <laughs> just the drive-thru. Never went in again. Just, right. just the drive-thru. But that's that's just a little bit of a taste of what we're gonna be bringing back, bring it to the pod, not bring it back, bring it to the pod. I like Child it. of trauma is a little just a little segment to have some fun with. Um, mm-hmm. but that and what else did you want to go over? Yeah, just real quick. Uh I don't have the full schedule in front of me, but this was actually in some of my notes. Um, we obviously talked about the Nuggets game, which is gonna be a tough game, but we have a tough schedule coming up. And I'm not saying we're on this winning streak because we've had quote an easy schedule, because we both know that's not true. Uh, but we got the Cavaliers on the 24th. And I've been, for some reason, on my live streams and on the, this podcast, I've been going on Cavaliers rants. And then we have the <laughs> Knicks and the Nets back-to-back on the 26th and 27th. Then we close out November versus the Warriors, who are like the second-best team in the NBA besides the Suns right now. And then we play them on December 3rd. So tough schedule, man. I'm excited. This is going to be a great test for the Suns. It's going to be fun, man. I just, that was really all I wanted to talk about to end the pod. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Cavs are playing good. And shout out to Colin Sexton, too. He uh, is out for the rest of the season with, uh, I forgot what injury, but uh, tough blow. And then Evan Mobley's out for four to six weeks. So wait, who's yeah. taking, who's going to be taking uh, Colin Sexton's spot? Probably Ricky Rubio. Let's go. Esta profunda higiene confía en HS para un pelo 100% libre de caspa. Clínicamente probado. HS, champú número uno en España. Ricky yeah. Rubio. As soon as I saw you tweet about him, like, yeah, he's yep. gonna bring it up. For some reason, every time you're on the pod, you bring up Ricky Rubio. And yep. please do every time. We need to be 
remembered of the guy that used to be our point guard. Yep. And, but now we had the point god, but this guy was maybe um, a prince or something. I, I think Ricky Rubio can go for a prince. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about right now. So I think it's about time to end the pod. Uh, go ahead, Suns Geek. Brandon, let everyone know where to find you. I'm sure they already know, but go ahead and just repeat yourself. Yeah, I mean, if you guys do not know who I am, uh, my name is Brandon, a.k.a. Suns Geek. And if it has to deal with the Phoenix Suns, I'm going to make a video about it. You know, I, I've been trying to do more post-game live streams on my channel and just trying to be consistent with the content and take my word for it. I mean, I was uploading videos when I was sick last week, so that's I'm, I'm doing my best. So subscribe on you know Suns Geek on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Just search Suns Geek and you will find me. Yeah, and uh, make sure, again, hit the like button. I hate to tell you guys so much and be so bossy, but go ahead and subscribe. Hit the like button. We're almost at 2,000 uh subscribers um so we're there hopefully in a couple weeks where are you at right now with subscribers you're you're i not that i've been looking at the numbers or anything but i actually pretty excited i'm almost at five thousand, and that's a milestone for me that's you know it's like when it's like when you guys hit your first thousand like that's kind of a milestone it's a big deal you know and i'm i'm low-key excited it is you start making 10 bucks a month and it's pretty exciting so uh yeah so um yeah everyone go out and uh just have a good time tonight, you know, party this one up. It's already 1130, but um, I guess go home and love your family.